0: All right, I'm going to ask you some real direct questions. I don't want you to judge the questions. I just want you to consider the questions. I, I, I really mean this. I really, really do believe that the Lord wants to do something in us individually today. So here's, here's the, some of the questions. You ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. All right. Are you happy with your life? Don't answer that. Just internalize it. Are you happy with your life? Another way of saying this is, are you unhappy with your life? Now, you may break that down into areas. There may be some areas you say, yeah, I'm pretty good on, but the other areas I'm not. But I I just want you to think of the question, internalize it. Are you happy with your life or unhappy with your life? Are you dissatisfied with what you are? Are you dissatisfied with what you are? Are you disappointed with what you have accomplished or where you're going? I really want you to think about that. I know in my own life I can I can honestly answer things in here. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, there are areas I'm disappointed. There are areas I'm not satisfied with. There are areas I'm not happy with. and I, And I want to face them. See, We can know about these things, but unless we face them and decide to do something about them, is anything going to change? No. And so, who's going to make the decision to make a change in your life? You. You. Not God. You. Now, God, through me today, is going to present something to you today. You have to decide what you're going to do with it. What are you going to do with it? And so, I want you just to think about those things, and I want you to listen closely today it is not what you are but it is what you can become that god sees it is not what you are but what you can become look with me you can look on the screen john chapter 1 verse 41 this is andrew who by the way andrew was a brother of peter simon peter Andrew is introducing Peter to Jesus the very first time. So this is the first interaction that Jesus and Peter have had. John 1, 41 through 42. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone or a rock. In other words, Cephas is also Peter. All right. So he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas or Peter, the rock. Now, again, I want you to look inside yourself and Consider these things. Have you ever looked in the mirror, maybe at times in your life, and looked at yourself and began to sum some things up about yourself and get discouraged? I know I have. I have. I've looked and I'm like, there's some things I can see. You know, very few people in life are satisfied with themselves. Very few. Now, some of them might come off Real loud and boisterous about how they've got control over everything and they're satisfied. And Usually the very person who's shouting about things like that is probably very weak in that area. They're just trying to push everybody off and trying to make sure that everybody knows everything is good with them. The person who has to shout that the loudest, the person who says, I don't need anybody, I'm good, I'm happy with everything, probably has some of the biggest problems. Or the way they look at themselves. See, when we examine our weaknesses, when we examine our failures, looking in the mirror, looking at ourselves, and maybe gauge ourselves against someone else, or maybe compare their talents and abilities with us, (laughs) we can really get down on ourselves. We can really begin to nitpick our life. We can become discouraged. I've even heard people say, of all ages when they would look at their life and they would say, you know, I've never accomplished anything of significance with my life. And of course, that has more meaning the older you get. Because more time has passed. I mean, if a 12-year-old told me that, I'd say, what? You've got plenty of time. But maybe if we're 30, 40, 50, 60, guess what? The clock is ticking. And we're looking at our life and we're saying to ourselves, I haven't accomplished anything significant. I don't, I don't feel like I measure up. Maybe when I compare to myself to someone else or maybe I, I look at what have I done with my life? What have I really impacted? Now, in considering that, I want us to consider what Jesus said to Peter or actually Simon. And I know this is... This It sounds like a greeting that we read earlier. It's like, why did we read that? (laughs) Okay, we see that Peter met Jesus the first time. But there's something very powerful in that greeting that the Lord wants to get across to you and me today. And that is this, that when Jesus met Simon Peter, he looked at him and he said this. He said, you are. You are Simon, son of Jonah. You are. Everybody say, you are. He said you are but then he said you shall be. There's a difference between you are and you shall be. You shall be Peter a rock. You are but you shall be and that's what the Lord is telling us this morning. You are and you have to answer that you and the Lord. But you are but you shall be. You shall be. There's potential there. You shall be. You see, Jesus told Peter what he was and then told him what he could become. Jesus said, I know you, Simon. See, Jesus knew all about Simon. Now, he had never met him before, but how many know the Spirit of God knew who Simon was? He knew every detail about him. And God is using Jesus to deal with Simon. And he says, Simon, I know you. I know who you are. I know that you have a bad temper, Simon. I know that you tend to put your foot in your mouth, Simon. You're impetuous. You're reckless. You are are headstrong. I know who you are, Simon. I know these things about you. (laughs) But he also knew Peter had great possibilities. And that's my point. If Peter could only be what he ought to be, And see, that's the question we're asking for all of us. If we could become what we ought to be, but we cannot become what we ought to be without Jesus. Can't do it. But in Jesus, there are great possibilities for all of us. You see, when Jesus looks deep inside you and he looks deep inside me, he sees some things. He might say, you are This, you are that. But he also ends it with, you shall be. (laughs) You shall be. I know, in other words, Jesus is telling you this morning, I know the possible you. I know the possible you. I know what you can become through me. Now, you might respond to Jesus this way, (laughs) like many of us do I'm just an average person, I'm nothing special never done anything special i'm just i mean i don't i don't get it i don't know what you could do with me i'm just average but listen god is saying this you shall be i know what you are but you shall be a vital person a difference maker a history maker someone who makes a difference that's what god sees god sees the possible you consider for just a moment that if you went through the bible Every major Bible character you study started out with, I can't do that. I can't. Think about Moses. Moses, a great man of God, but he did not see the potential that God saw in him. In fact, he started out, I can't do that. And even when he did start out, he did things on his own, ends up killing a guy. He ends up messing everything up and having to run away for 40 years so he can learn some lessons so God can finally do something. And even when God called him after he had learned a lot of these lessons, he still didn't feel like he was up to what God had for him. He still looks say, well, who am I? Isn't that what a lot of us would say? Who am I? What do I have to offer? And see, God saw something in Moses. He might have said, Moses, you are, but Moses, you can become. And God sees in every single one of you that potential. He knows who you are. You can't know him. He knows exactly who you are. He knows your faults. He knows your challenges. He knows your your hang-ups. But he knows what you can become. What you can become in Him. Well, you might remember on the night before Jesus was crucified, remember um, while they were in the garden and Jesus began to share with Peter and Peter said, I will defend you. Remember, I'll give my life for you, Jesus. And remember when he told him that before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me? You know, over and over and over. Well, Simon Peter did deny the Lord under pressure. And this is exactly what Peter said he wouldn't do. When Jesus was on trial, a young girl said to Peter, you are one of Jesus' disciples. Remember, Jesus is right there. And Peter said, no, I don't know him. Then with an oath, Peter denied Jesus another time. And then the third time Peter denied Jesus, the Bible says he began to curse and swear. I don't know this Jesus. And at that very moment, the Bible says in Luke 22, verse 61, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord and said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I imagine, (laughs) I don't even know if I could imagine the low point in Peter's life. I mean, can you imagine how he felt? He had denied the Lord that he said he would give his life to three times and one night while he's on trial. I mean, we really have a hard time understanding how bad. Have you ever done anything really wrong and felt really bad? Maybe at one point when you weren't as strong as you are in the Lord now, that maybe at one time you did kind of you know tone down your, your love for the Lord because you just didn't want to have anybody give you a hard time about it. Maybe you were embarrassed about it. I don't know. But in this case, it was really, really low for Peter. And Peter, in this particular situation, I imagine he was so low, so depressed, so down on himself, suicide probably crossed his mind. I'm sure the devil helped him with that. Now, we know Judas, he obviously sold Jesus, remember, for 40 pieces of silver, sold him off, betrayed him, and the Bible says he hung himself. I believe that Judas felt as though it was such a low point, so bad, so powerful, so much darkness and gloom, he could not even see the light of day. He could not, he was filled with hopelessness. The fact is, there are many people, even Christians, that can get depressed just like Judas did. They've gotten so low that they don't think there's any out. There's no way to fix this situation. And so suicide crosses their mind. The reality is, is that you and I know differently, though. Jesus is hope. Jesus came to give us hope, and Peter saw that. And the Bible says that Jesus saved Peter. He baptized him in the Holy Ghost, filled him with his power, and then Simon, who was an unstable failure, became the great apostle Peter. (laughs) Listen to me carefully. Jesus saw what Peter was, but he also saw his potential and what he could become. And Jesus never quit on Peter. And Jesus is never gonna quit on you. But the fact is, we have to change some things in our thinking. We have to see that there's more to where we are from where we're at. You may even have a good relationship with the Lord. Things may be good in some areas in your life, but you can see some other areas you are dissatisfied with, you are unhappy with, and you wanna see change. You need to know today that Jesus knows where you're at. He knows who you are, but he also sees what you can become. Things don't have to be the same way. Think about this. Wouldn't it be a tragedy to come to the end of your life? You've lived your entire life. You come to the end of it realizing that you had such possibilities, yet you never did anything with them. That things could have been different. We call that living a life of regret. Life doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to let it become that way. So I want to ask these questions again, internalize them. Are you happy with your life? Are you happy with it? Are you disappointed with who you are or what you have accomplished? Are you happy or are you content with where you're going? Now I say these things not to discourage you, not to bring you down, but to stir you up, in other words, I want you to desire greater. everybody say greater. I want you to desire the potential you could become, what you could do, not focus on where you're at, but you've got to start somewhere. How do you know how do you know how to get somewhere if you don't know two things? You've got to know where you're going and you've got to know where you're at, right? You have to know where you're at. You've got to be honest, and that's the hard part. We don't want to look in the mirror and be honest with ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with being honest with ourselves because Jesus is saying, I know who you are, but I know what you can become. You don't have to stay where you are. Isn't that wonderful news? We don't have to stay where we are. We can become something better in Jesus now, I want to give you an, a, a scripture that will help us with this. Isaiah 40, 31. And I want you to see it from the standpoint of where we're coming from. I know who you are, but I know what you can become or you shall be. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That word wait means to serve. Okay, To serve, to lay your life down to honor like a, like a waiter would at a restaurant. You are to wait on the Lord. You are to serve Him. You honor Him. Now, part of it can mean in that service that you're waiting on His presence, meaning you're spending time with Him. But it's all connected, okay? We're waiting on the Lord. We're honoring Him. We're worshiping Him. We're serving Him. Now, notice what the Bible says. But those who wait on the Lord shall what? Shall renew. Everybody say renew. Isn't that what you need to go from what you are to what you should be? To renew your strength. To renew your strength. Now notice what it says. They shall renew their strength. The Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Meaning what? What? the power of God, the transforming power of God to lift you up so that you can fly, so that you can run, so that you can become what God has called you to be. But it all comes back to what? The Lord, honoring Him, serving Him, not letting go, not giving up, not just living life, I'm satisfied where I'm at, and I guess it's just this way it's going to be for the rest of my life. It doesn't have to be that way. Get stirred up. Everybody say, stirred up. You need to stir yourself up saying, God has more for me than this. And it's going to come from you pressing into him. He'll give you that strength. He'll help you, praise God. That's what this says. Listen to me. I'm talking about the possible you. The possible you. You know who you are, but you shall be. Say this with me. I know what I am but i can be say it again like you mean it i know who i am but i can be there's something else you can be something greater that you can be amen now let's i want to give you a couple of examples in the bible that i believe will help you because sometimes we say this we say well oh pastor you don't know my my story you don't know my background you don't know what i've been through well I'll bet you I'm going to show you a couple of stories today that are going to pop that bubble, okay? You're going to say, no, I know I wasn't that bad. You ready for this? All right. In the Gospels, there's a story about Mary Magdalene. Everybody remember? And Mary Magdalene was, uh, had seven demons that lived inside of her. She had all kinds of problems. Anybody here have ever had seven demons living in you? One? none amen that's a good problem but this woman had seven demons living in her she was probably known as the community crackpot she's the crazy lady down the road anybody know any crazy ladies down the road well she was one of them at the time i'm sure that people just avoided her and no one ever expected mary magdalene to ever become anything She's just a nut down the street you stay away from. And when she comes by, you bring the kids in the house. You avoid her. She's a nobody. She's never going to become anything. She's just a hassle to deal with. But one day, Jesus went by Mary's house. And he cast out those seven demons from her. And that moment forward totally turned her life around. Jesus saw what Mary was No doubt. He knew there were seven demons. He knew there were problems. But he also saw what she could become through his transforming power. In other words, he saw the possible Mary. He saw what no one else could see. Guess what? Jesus still sees you the same way. He sees what no one else can see. Do not knock yourself don't say, that could never be me. You may even have desires in your heart or little inklings that you know God has called you to do. And, and you're like, well, I'm getting older. It's too late. I can't do it. No, it's not. No, it's not. Caleb at 80 said, give me my mountain. I'm as strong. And listen, he said, I'm as strong now as I was when I was 40. Amen. Most of you are not pushing 80. All right. And even if you are, Moses went to 120, so the rest of you got no excuse. (laughs) Listen to me carefully. Did you know that Mary was the first person to preach the gospel? Think about that. She was the first person. She's the one that carried the good news that Jesus had risen from the dead to the disciples. The very first person was the one that at one time was the person marked. She's the town idiot. She's a nobody. She'll never amount to anything. And yet, you see her name in the Bible, don't you? God thought enough of Mary and saw enough and her name is forever written down. Think about that. Mary Magdalene set free, changed people's lives, did wonderful things. Jesus delivered Mary Magdalene of her tormenting demons and set her free On a brand new path. You know, I don't know what's going on in your individual lives. I do know this from experiencing life myself that we all have our hang-ups. Some of us are more secret than others. There's somebody that may be listening to this message. Maybe not here, but maybe listening to it. Whether it be online or somebody passed a CD to them. and, And they may be listening. You may be listening and thinking, well, I know some of the issues I have in life. They could be any number of things. There could be people in the room or listening that have a drug problem. It may be even a legal drug problem. They could have an alcohol problem. They could have a pornography problem. They could have any number of problems. They have have uncontrollable anger issues. There could be any number of problems, but I know this, that any number of these problems can be solved, can be changed, by the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That name of Jesus, everybody say the name of Jesus. That same name could transform your life just like it did Mary Magdalene's then, set her free. That name has not lost any power. The road to freedom is simple. If you are a believer... And you have some hang-ups and challenge. The road to freedom is simple. You must truly make Jesus the Lord of your life. And what I mean is follow him. Everybody say follow him. That means what? That means I don't just pay attention once in a while or I'm a Sunday Christian. What does that mean? I follow him. I look at his teachings. See, we still got (laughs) them. We have his word. He gave us his spirit. And what we do is live our life bowing down to his lordship that'll set you free if you just yield to it and the fact is this we need to remember that in colossians 1:13, the bible says this he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love he's delivered us when we asked jesus to come into our heart we were set free from the power of darkness you need to recognize that and realize that in your life. You see, most people have this opinion of church, and it's sad. Most people think, on the outside specifically, that maybe aren't coming all the time, think that church is filled with perfect people, you know, saints. And what I mean by that is the Bible might call us saints, but how many of you know, not all of us are wearing halos all the time. See, you have problems, I have problems, challenges. When we came to church, especially when we started, you may have come without hope. We were just a bunch of people with no hope, looking for something, seeking something, something greater, something that could solve the problems and issues in our life. The fact is the church is filled with people like you and me. With challenges, with difficulties. People who have been weak, defeated in life, shipwrecked. The church is not made up of perfect people without problems. But the fact is, Jesus did the same thing for all of us. What did he do? He washed us in his blood, he changed us by his power, and he'll do the same for you or anyone else that believes in him, won't he? He is available to everyone. He will do. Listen to me. (laughs) He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Amen. His arms are always open to everyone. But the fact is, people might say this. Well, pastor, I'm not into drugs and alcohol. I want everybody to open their heart up. There may be no drugs and alcohol problem. There may not be an uncontrollable lust problem. There may not be anything that dramatic. But at home, it's filled with darkness, depression, misery, strife. There's so many other things, guys, that we can we look good here. We're smiling here. But at home, it's hell. It's a place you just really don't want to be. It's a place that is filled with misery. <laughs> the fact is this that God, we might be thinking to ourselves in that kind of situation, God could never bring anything good from my home. He could never bring anything good from my situation. You don't know what's going on. No, the fact is you don't know the power of God. In other words, if we just give the Lord opportunity, if we just let Him in, if we just say, Jesus, I'm tired of running my own life. I'm not very good at being God. How many would agree with me? that we're not very good at being the Lord over our life. I've messed up many times, and the times I messed up is when I tried to run things. But when I would bow my knee and I would let the Lord in my life and I would, I would include Him in my decisions, I would ask Him things. Boy, he was, he's, he's so much smarter than me. <laughs> you think He'd been around a block or two. <laughs> he's filled with wisdom that He's offering you and me. But yet we continue to fight him on it and say, now I'll run my own life. No, we're not, not good at that at all. The fact is this, no matter how dark or difficult your situation may be, I want you to see this. It's not what you are. It is what you can become. That's the possible you. There is more. There is something greater. Everybody say greater. I want you to see this this morning. Now, Now I'm going to refer to an even worse story than Mary Magdalene. All right? In the fifth chapter of Mark, in the first 20 verses, it records the worst case of demonic possession in the Bible. All right? It's the story of the maniac of Gadarens. This one man had several thousand demons in him. Several thousand. Possibly up to 6,000 in one man. This guy was an official nutcase off by himself. He, 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 would, <laughs> he would cut himself with rocks. If you tried to bind him, he could break the chains. He had unnatural strength. He was, he was like an animal. He lived among the tombs, graves, things like that. He wore no clothing. He'd run around naked, like I said, living like an animal. He would howl like an animal. He was living like an animal. Well, the Bible says this. Uh, well, before I say that, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about where you are right now. And you consider, yeah, I know, there's, there's some major changes I'd like to have. This is where I'm at. And I want you to consider this man <laughs> and compare your life for a moment. How many would agree this guy's far worse off than anything you've ever experienced. I mean far worse off. So if someone were to say, I don't know how God could change things in my life and I could become something beyond where I'm at now, then let's consider this guy because his story is way beyond anything we've ever experienced. In fact, most people would say this, and I want you to listen closely. Most people would write that man off they would write him off. It's over. It's too late. He is gone. I mean, there's nothing he'll ever do. The biggest thing we can do is just stay away from him. Give him room. Now, you may have had some people in your life write you off. You'll never do anything. You'll never accomplish anything. In fact, what's worse is you may have written yourself off. I'm too old. I've never done anything it's too late. What I'm trying to say this morning is God has not written you off. In fact, he's ready to write a new story with you. He's ready to change things. He knows who you are, but he knows what you can become. And I'm telling you, that excites me. That gives me hope that things can be better than they are now, that things can change, that I can look back and say, wow, God, you're so good. And I've done that many times in my life. How many would agree you've done it in your life so far? Well, guess what? God's not done yet. God's not done yet. You're not done yet. Well, the Bible says this. I want you to listen closely. The Bible says Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee for that one man. And if you read the story, you'll realize, for one man. I would think that somewhere, by the Spirit of God, Jesus heard this man's pain he sensed the heartache the 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 man what he was going to the groans the agony of this one man and so he went to help him and when this is what really hit me and it, honestly it hit me this morning <laughs> the fact is no matter how full of hell someone might be they're still there somewhere okay they're still there in other words The fact is you still have a will and you can make a choice. And even though this man was filled with demons, the Bible says that when Jesus showed up and he landed and he got there, that the maniac ran to him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. What does that mean? He knew Jesus was something special. And he ran to him, even full of hell. Even all those demons. And the Bible says that the Lord set him free. He commanded all the tormenting demons to come out of him. And those demons left him. And the Bible says that the people came to see what happened. And they found the man clothed and in his right mind. That is the powerful testimony right there. But it doesn't end. Then the man said to Jesus, Oh, Master, let me come with you. And Jesus said this in Mark 5:19, the latter part of Mark 5:19, go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. So the man did just that. Basically the man became a preacher, sharing about Jesus, clothed and in his right mind completely set free. He once was, but now what is he? Completely transformed by the power of God. Set free sharing the gospel. The Bible says the man departed and went to Decapolis and he shared the great things the Lord had done for him. The word Decapolis means 10 cities. So in other words, he was busy. He was out there running around, traveling, sharing the good news of Jesus. At one time, This was the madman that everybody stayed away from, that ran around naked and cutting himself and couldn't be bound and acted like an animal. And here he is in his right mind clothed sharing the good news of Jesus. If God can do that with him, is there hope for us? (laughs) No one's bound, no one's cutting themselves. The fact is, is that God can do great things in us. Stand with me. Listen to me this morning. I really want you to open your heart to yourself and not be satisfied with where you are. Do not be... That is exactly what the devil wants in our life. Listen carefully. No matter where you are right now, look at me, no matter where you are right now, you can become, you shall be. You need to look at your life today. As we leave, as you go about the week And I really want you to look in your heart, look at your life, consider everything, and then talk to the Lord about change. Lord, what do do I need to do? What do I need to do? Because I can see from your word, I am these things right now, but you see potential. I can become this. I can become this. It doesn't have to remain the same. Some of you can rewrite the story of your life. Do you see that? rewrite the story listen to me i don't care how old you are some of you've already said ah, too old can't do anything that's baloney how many of you know all things are possible with the lord amen there's no age thing quit putting one on it things can change so listen carefully all these people simon peter mary magdalene the demoniac of the gadarens what do they tell us they tell us that you can change You can change. Say, I can change. Say it like you mean it this time. I can change. change. Amen. I can change. Listen to me. You can become the possible you. You can become all that God has called you to be. And it is greater. How do I know? Because Ephesians 3.20 tells me that God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask or imagine. I can imagine pretty big. And God wants to exceed that in my life. Can't you imagine pretty big? And God wants to exceed that. And when your imagination gets that big, He's going to press you, what? To go on higher and higher and higher. Some of you have issues in your, you, you're an issue. (laughs) Family issues. It could be any number of things. They don't have to stay the way they are. They can change. Say, it can change. Say, I can change. change. Amen. I can change. Say, I can become the possible me. Amen. But it's all up to you. You have to make a decision. How do you do this, Pastor? How do you? It starts with what? Remember, wait on the Lord. It starts with you pressing into the Lord harder. You have to do something. If you want to change, you have to make a change. That means if you want to see something different, But you keep on doing the same thing. What are we doing? We're like a hamster on a wheel. We ain't going anywhere. Everything's the same. In fact, you're going to go crazy. That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over, but expecting different results. But if you will decide, you know what, enough's enough. I'm making some changes and I'm making true changes. Then things are going to change. Things are going to give. And it all starts with you pressing into the Lord more than you have been. It all starts with you getting more serious about following the Lord. And as you do that, no matter where you're at in your fellowship and your relationship with the Lord, you make a step going a little bit more, and then you're going to see change. And then when you're there and you start to get comfortable, what do you do? He's going to challenge you, what? To go a little further and go a little further. But one of these days, you're going to look back saying, man, God is good. Look what he's done. Look what he's done. Amen? See, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? I want to pray for you. Just lift your hands up just in a receiving mode. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask that you stir up the heart of each and every person here. I ask that you help them see what they can become. Father, stir their heart up. Challenge them. Encourage them in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I ask that it not... It'd be not something subtle, but Father God, that it would stick with us, that you would continue challenging us, Father God, so that we can grow, so that we can become the possible us that you see that we can become. Father, we ask for that, and we believe we receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.